guys, it's JC, You Me New Podcast. Welcome back. We only have four episodes left in this season, and I'm kind of getting the feeling that might be it with my podcast. I'll talk more about that later. I'm feeling cold in different directions. And the other part that's hard is four, four episodes to do what we really need 50 episodes to talk about. I'm just trying to pick... Maybe what will be most powerful as we wrap up this amazing journey. These last four are so awesome. Really important stuff that was just so huge for me. Today, we're going to talk about the nitty gritty, more about the transformation process. That spiritual rebirth that's an ongoing process of being made new and being made alive in Christ. Um, There's just a few more things we just haven't really had time to talk about yet. And I want to start with a chapter that's out of the Book of Mormon. Um, and it this story pretty much sums up our whole journey, this whole season, what we've been doing, what we've been talking about, all wrapped up in one little story. It's in Alma chapter 22, and it's the story of a great king. We're not given his name, but he's the king over all the land. And he has a missionary named Aaron who has come and begun to teach him the gospel, which he has never heard before in his entire life. And in Alma 22, verse 13, it it talks about how Aaron did expound unto him out of the scriptures, all the way from the creation of Adam, talking about the fall of man, our carnal state, our carnal fallen state. And then he explains to the king the plan of redemption, it says, which was prepared from the foundation of the world through Christ. For all whoever, all whosoever would believe on his name. So Aaron just teaches him all about everything we've been talking about. And it says in verse 14, listen to this. And since man had fallen, he could not merit anything of himself, but the sufferings and death of Christ atoned for their sins through faith and repentance. Aaron helped him understand it is through Christ alone that you can over, overcome the fall. Through Christ, it says, he breaketh the bands of death, that the grave shall have no victory, and that the sting of death should be swallowed up in the hopes of glory. And it says, and Aaron did expound all these things unto the king. Now listen to what happened. It says, it came to pass that after Aaron had taught these things unto him, the king said, what shall I do that I may have this eternal life of which thou hast spoken So we don't get the whole story about everything Aaron taught, but it must have involved internal life as we have understood it. Because he doesn't say after this, the king doesn't say that I may live with God after I die. Listen to what he says. Yea, what shall I do that I may be born of God, having this wicked spirit rooted out of my breast and receive his spirit that I may be filled with joy that I may not be cast off at the last day. Behold, said he, I will give up all that I possess. Yea, I will forsake my kingdom that I may receive this great joy. Um, Here Aaron has taught with such power, such power in the spirit about eternal life, eternal joy, about spiritual rebirth. That's what the king is asking for. And Aaron has taught it so powerful that the king flat out said, listen, I will give up all that I possess. I'm a king and I'll let it all go 
to receive what you're teaching me, to have what you're talking about. It made me think, man, it's why I was stumbling over my words so bad in the last episode. How do you explain something this powerful in a way that moves people to the point where all of us should have that response, right? I'll give up all that I possess if I can have that. If I can have that, and that's what the king's saying, what shall I do? What do I have to do that I can have this eternal life of which thou hast spoken? I'll give up all that I possess to be born of God and be filled with joy and be made new through him. So Aaron said unto him, it says, he doesn't give him a long list of works to do, a checklist, religious checklist. He just says to him, which is what we've been talking about, if thou desirest this thing, if thou wilt bow down before God, Yea, if thou wilt repent of all thy sins, right? We've talked about that. And will bow down before God and call on his name in faith, believing that ye shall receive. There's the confession, the crying out, the repentance. Aaron says, then shalt thou receive the hope which thou desirest. Now, the end part's my favorite. It says it came to pass that when Aaron had said these words, this great king This powerful, mighty king did bow down before the Lord upon his knees. Yea, even he did prostrate, prostrate himself upon the earth. He laid face down, humbling himself before God in every way he knows how to do and cried mightily, it says, saying, oh God, Aaron has told me that there is a God. And if there is a God, and if thou art God, wilt thou make thyself known unto me? And I will give away all my sins to know thee. I'll give away all my sins to know these. Oh, there's so much here we need to talk about. (laughs) So much. I mean, we noted he is willing to give all, to give all. He talked about giving up his kingdom, but what does he say at the end? He doesn't talk about his kingdom anymore. Suddenly the king is saying to God, I will give away all my sins to know thee. Both parts of that sentence are loaded. Giving away all our sins, that's the process we're in. But the reason we're doing it, the reason we're going through all of this is what the king said, to know thee. Aaron had obviously taught the king This wasn't just about receiving spiritual rebirth, which is what the king initially asked for. Having this wicked spirit rooted out of my breast, make me new, make me reborn and filled with joy and filled with eternal life. But he knows that the process comes through knowing God. I will give away all my sins to know thee. Now, we are going to spend a whole episode in a couple more about this joy that Aaron taught the king about and and we're going to go much deeper in, into that sorry but today let's finish up kind of this process of giving away our sins to know him it's what we've already been working on what we've already been doing but let me just share a little bit more about my own personal story we talked about it being a process that it's going to be a lifelong thing that, that some things are harder to overcome take a little more time I probably said this before, but it's kind of like peeling an onion where one layer after layer after layer, um, where we're relearning an entirely new way of living and thinking and being metanoeo. Do you remember when we talked about repentance? It's a change of mind, thought or thinking so powerful. It changes our very way of life. 
So it's this onion peeling process. Now, I'm going to use a scripture really quick from 2 Corinthians that really for me in my own journey, this verse hones in on exactly what it looked like for me. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul is talking about warfare, spiritual warfare, battling Um, And he talks in verse three about how we don't, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. He says the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. They're not like swords and guns, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Man, those strongholds um, picture those fig leaves and those hiding places and those escapes and that finger pointing that will not relent. It feels like a stronghold. He said, um, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So he's talking about a battle of the mind, right? We talked about that a lot in season two. But that's what my um, transformation process began to look like because um, I began to realize, again, we talked about how repentance is a changing of our minds. And Paul said, we're going to get deep in our minds, look in our imagination and cast down every high thing that's putting itself above, above the Lord. And we're going to bring into captivity every thought to him back to Christ. So as I looked at my many imaginations, my thoughts, that's where my fig leaves and hiding places and finger pointing my blame. That's where it often lived within my imagination. So again, that's where this battle is going to continue to be fought That's where this um, process is going to be focused, is in our minds. Because so many of our aprons, our escapes, they take precedence over the thoughts of the Lord. They do exalt themselves. Think of 2020, for instance, and how often our fear and, and anxiety exalted itself over faith in Christ. We were just consumed, some of us, with fear and anxiety over what was happening in the world. We couldn't find his peace. Or, or faith, because those things had become a stronghold. And so this is a mental battle where we, like he said, bring into captivity those thoughts that try to exalt themselves over Christ. And we make everything obey and bow to him so that he is the ruler of our mind and our thoughts. How often am I consumed with insecurity, unforgiveness, all these types of different fig leaves that it makes me a slave to them because they consume my mind. And so we're going to continue with this beautiful relationship with the Lord, holding his hand, letting him walk with us every step of the way, this process of unlearning and relearning. I I did a whole episode in season one on unlearning before I even knew this season was going to exist. You can go back and, and listen through that a little bit. A lot of different quotes on unlearning. You can't learn the new unless you unlearn the old. And so that's how we pick apart the apron, the fig leaf stitches of our aprons. It's how we leave our hiding places. We unlearn the old ways of living and relearn the new through the grace of Christ, through his help, through his empowering um, strength and truth and wisdom. So here's what I finally discovered as I, I guys, I've been walking this path for many years and, and working through all of this. And I started to learn about myself, and I'm I'm guessing you can relate to this. My unlearning ended up in three general areas. My fig leaves, my um, aprons, my hiding places, all of that fell into three general areas. It was either things or people or belief systems. Those three. 
Now, let me, let me give you some examples of what I mean. So let's say I was feeling my spiritual death. I didn't call it that, but I was miserable or depressed or restless or, or ornery or frustrated or just feeling some kind of angst. One of those three areas was always the temptation. Satan will come in and whisper into my mind and be like, okay, it was things, people, or belief systems. So for example, JC, if you're feeling awful, focus on this thing. Focus on, eat some chocolate, watch TV, go buy a new pair of shoes, get on Amazon, buy something, escape into that novel, uh, that new bestseller, get on social media, take a vacation. It was this thing that was going to fix it. That was the lie. Satan would just whisper and whisper, just focus on that thing. If you could just have that thing, it will fix it. The spiritual death. I, again, didn't call it that. It will fix your misery. It will make you happy. It will bring you the joy. Just, and we all know the things never fix it. They, we get a little rush from our little new shoe spree and then it's over and we're right back in our spiritual death. So we know that doesn't work. Or he would whisper, focus on that person. Some other person was going to fix it. Get more attention from my spouse. Get him to change. That would make me happy. We've talked about all of this. Um, focus on controlling my children or my coworkers. If I can just control the situation or if I could people please more and get more approval, get more validation, get more followers, somehow these people will fix it. Or the final way was just to follow this belief system. And man, there's as many... <laughs> I mean, it's all the different ways our world tells us to find success and happiness. And it's all the titles of the self-help books. Here's all of the worldly belief systems on how you fix this. They don't call it a plan to fix our spiritual death. But there's all of these philosophies that are, are not Christ, but that are shouted at us. And we're told, follow this belief system, you'll, you'll fix it. Can you see my three areas? Things, people belief systems, run after these three things and you will fix it. And that's what I'd spent my whole life doing, just hopping from thing to thing. And we've talked about this. That's You can see why this sums up our entire journey. Like this is what my coping mechanisms look like. I just, these this was my strategy to try to find happiness because I didn't know any better. Sometimes my belief system was even just work harder at the church stuff. <laughs> That didn't do it either because it still wasn't grounded in Christ, in his metanoeo and coming to him like the king, falling on my face and saying, change me, please heal me, transform me. So my unlearning was, was trusting in the Lord's grace to help me learn not to turn to these false systems but to continue in every instance to turn to him. And some of those old habits died hard. Sometimes I was so stuck. I'd been using a particular coping mechanism for so long. It just, it became such a habit, such a deeply ingrained habit. It's like in my, if you look in my imagination, I felt like it was like deep ruts. You know, like when you've a trail that's been traveled long and there's deep ruts in the road. And it's just so familiar that my mind would just slip into those ruts so easily and go back to those old thought patterns. And so if for a time it felt very um, vulnerable to think in new ways, I, I, I was just so habitually drawn to those old patterns and I was trying to grasp the Lord's hand and, and hold tight 
And he began to teach me some strategies that would help me rework my mind with his help. That together we could rework my mind, metanoia, <laughs> to think in a new way. And the biggest way was through the scriptures. I mean, you think about when Christ was in the, in the wilderness and Satan came for him in three different ways which three is very symbolic in Hebrew, I mean, or, or Greek, it's, it's like symbolic of completion. He te- tempted him in every way he possibly could. And every time Christ didn't just tell him to get out, he quoted scripture to him. Every single time, go read it, he would quote scripture back to that temptation. And I began using his word as a sword the same way that he did against the enemy, the same way he did against Satan. So when Satan would be in my head going, you, you just need to eat, you just need to escape, you just, oh, you can't be done, you can never change, you know, all those little whispers, I would fight back with scripture. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Like all things, I can be, do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like the Lord will not fail me or forsake me out of Joshua. Like I would... I had, <laughs> I had scriptures everywhere. I had them, I mean, even on your phone or I had them on the mirror and I had, them, and I memorized them so that I could speak back to those lies and, and talk back in a way that really began to settle me in a new way of faith. Um, I just began to use the scriptures in a very um, proactive, offensive way. Um, memorizing was huge for me because when my mind would be drawn back to those imaginations, like Paul was talking about, I'd be drawn back to those old imaginations. Now I had a weapon to say, nope, let's take fear and anxiety for, for an example. I did a three-part uh, three series on that, and, and that explains that same process, like rewiring the way I see it. So that fear wasn't in charge in my mind, but the Christ was. And through scriptures that would, would, when I wasn't feeling faithful, the scriptures could give me faith. Those words could plant deep inside me and become my new normal way of thinking. It's like he could think for me through his word until I began to think in those patterns naturally. Um, it, it's funny, I've heard people talk about using affirmations sometimes to be healed or more positive or to get themselves out of an old rut. But for me, um, I want to be very specific. This isn't, this wasn't about personal affirmations. Like I can do it. I can, me, 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 like I'm amazing. I got this. If he's just going to help me. It wasn't like that. I'm very specific about, this is about soaking in the faithfulness and power of Christ versus on that until it finally began to feel real to me about his, not my greatness, his. I don't have any greatness. I've fallen. I've got that natural man that's coming back again and again. And so the verses that I pulled out were the ones that um, would reinforce in my mind the power of Christ. I'm just sitting here thinking while I'm talking. I have three pages worth of these that I've gathered and they're not linked on my website anymore, or they never have been, sorry. I'm going to try to maybe find a way, sorry, I'm thinking out loud. I'm thinking I may find a way to link that onto my favorites page, like a PDF of that. I'll go do that later today and see if I can. So go to my favorites page and I'll, I'll call it meditation scriptures or faith scriptures. 
battle scriptures. I don't know. I should have thought of this beforehand, but it's just coming to me now. But those three pages became my weapons, those verses. And you could find many more, but it would, if you want to move in this direction, it would give you that ability to, to at least have something concrete to start with. To rework your mind with the help of the Lord. As you draw nearer to him and as you sense his presence with you and as you become one with him, he will think his thoughts in your head. And his strength will be in your head and his wisdom, his truth, his grace will all begin to be in you because he is in you. And then the battle against those imaginations that for so long we didn't feel like we could overcome. Suddenly you can see the tide. You can feel it start to turn. And and then all of a sudden, it may be months later or years later where you go, I don't think like that anymore. Oh, wow. I'm so different. Sometimes I can't see it in the moment. It feels like we're not making progress on certain things. And we'll talk in the next episode about the really stubborn things. We've got to spend a whole episode on the ones just the things deep in our heart, temptations, sins, um, habits, thought processes that just seem like they're not going to budge. That truly are strongholds, like like Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 10. These are strongholds that you feel like you're beating on and beating on, and they won't budge. And you start to go, what? I. <laughs> we will we'll cover that in the next one. But for today, it's a it's a a new chance to use the word to start to be transformed and and receive what the King was begging for. It's to give away all our sins to know Him, and and we do need to offer all those to Him. Let Him peel that onion. Let him show us the layers and the thinking and the imaginations and the the fig leaves and the things that need to be peeled off. And we will continue this process throughout our lives. But I'll tell you what, I'm a better warrior than I used to be. Um, I don't give way to the old thought patterns like I used to. I'm changing in, in dramatic ways as I continue to seek him and stay close to him and make him my top priority. Oh, I hope that was helpful. Um, you can always email me through my contact page on jcwhiteman.com if you have a question. Hopefully I can get that worked out today. If it doesn't show up on my favorite page, it means I couldn't. (laughs) We'll see. But for now, thanks for joining me. I hope you have a great week.